need to go to school. And who's your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pig guy? Is this what pig guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slowly. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and I'm back, baby! He's back. back. Yeah, normal service has been resumed, listeners, now that Joel has had his holiday, possibly some sort of bizarre sex tour that I'll take a long, hard look at later in the program. Yeah, 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 you'll never know my secrets. But in today's Conditional Release Program, we'll take a look at Tucker Carlson and his interview with Kanye West that conveniently chopped out all the ranting anti-Semitism that kept that gibbering nonsense right-wing ideologue crap that helped push his usual white nationalist narrative. How fucking convenient. It's just usual charming shit from Tucker. He's inconsistent. He got caught out a bit on it this time. In in other news, though, Donald Trump is the businessman with all the ethics of a gangster, but you already knew that. Yes, yes, we certainly did. But one thing we didn't know is that Simeon Boykov has become a peace-loving hippie. He really needs to grow his hair. Maybe nude up. Let the sun shine in, Simeon. Maybe he needs to give his anus a bit of tanning. But we will have all your favourite segments, including a new one, the Cooker Catch-Up, because the EDC of cookers, despite their best efforts... Never seems to end. Yeah, it never ends, never ends. And we do all this because we love you, listeners, and mm-hmm. we want you to love us back. Yes. And the best way of showing love is cold, hard cash. And you can send that love our way in dollar terms by becoming a patron of the show. You sure can. Simply go to www.patreon.com backslash conditional release program or search for it. And for as little as $5 a month, you'll not only get our undying love, but access to all sorts of content that we have created with that love for those who we love most of all, our patrons. Yes, love, 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 love. Love. Uh, Joel needs money, listeners. He yes. got into a little bit of trouble with the Sinaloa cartel, and their debt collection agencies don't fuck around. No joke, I am fucking broke as shit. I did not expect this trip to be so much money. It was fucked. Anyway, they are going to take my thumbs. They've yeah, told me in thumbs. letters with other people's blood on them, and uh, <laughs> my thumbs are the only thing that's separating me from the primates, so I really need them. And we'll have more on Thumbless Joel later in the program, but now it's time to get on, and that means it's time for the Conditional Release Program's week. Weekly news for the first time in weeks. Tucker Carlson interviews a black man, and that is unusual in itself, given the often coded racist references that Carlson routinely makes. It's kind of a shtick, right? But it was a very important black man, Kanye West, who, of course, prefers to go by the name of Ye because he's fucking nuts. And he has some very interesting <laughs> things to say about race and politics. Interesting is a doing a lot of lifting there. West is no friend of the Clintons, no friend of Obama. He was good copy, as they say in the media, which is some sort of journalist thing that Jack finds very funny. But despite being a controversial subject who has a history of making racist remarks, they chucked him on. He's good copy, apparently. Yeah. He's not, though. He's terrible. Just a week before, West turned up at Paris Fashion Week wearing a T-shirt for the event featuring the words White Lives Matter with serial idiot Candace Owens in tow, hand-in-hand, mm. hand, grinning morons. The phrase is considered a hate slogan, which is used by the KKK, the Aryan Renaissance Society, and other white supremacist groups, according to the US Anti-Defamation League. So you know it's a really good thing to slap on the back of a fucking T-shirt. <laughs> Moron! He's selling them as well. Carlson also told his audience Kanye was worth listening to. So much so, he ran the interview, almost two hours of it, over two nights. Fox News luminaries and panel show guests also weighed in promoting it, fluffing it up, and claiming that West is some sort of cultural genius. I mean, even Corey fucking Minardi asked on Twitter, anyone else also enjoy Kanye West? Like he's ever listened to (laughs) Kanye West in his life. He wouldn't know what college dropout is. He's just a Flog, and it's just so painful. It's, you know, <laughs> they get off on owning the libs, and I hate it because it wins. Because like I'm just like, you do make me irrationally angry. Well, well they done. Do, they do make themselves look rather silly in the process. I mean, they really Corey do. Corey Bernardi into rap, into like come into on, hip-hop. man. Nah, can't no, see it. no. I just I don't think he even listens to music. 
Anyway, but the interview that ran was very different to the interview that had been recorded. What Uh Fox News viewers saw was heavily edited. And we know this because a bit of a whistleblowing article from Motherboard Vice, who obtained a copy of the unedited version of the interview. Very spicy. Mm -hmm. The interview that went to air had cut West's comment that he had been vaccinated for COVID, which is an interesting thing to cut. It also removed the very spooky reference West made to fake children who he claims had entered his home to sexualize his children. Uh-oh. Which I think is a pretty clear nod to the fact that he is incredibly unwell mentally. Yeah. Also yeah. removed were a wave of anti-Semitic remarks, just like his tweets and blah, 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 which now West has become notorious for. It's not exactly a great thing to be notorious for, but some of the tamer stuff still made it to air like this. Uh, when I say Jew, I mean the 12 lost tribes of Judah, the blood of Christ, who are people known as the race black really are. This is who our people are, the blood of Christ. This, as a Christian, is my belief. Okay, that doesn't make it true. It just means you're dumb belief. Making a, not, a, not a lot of sense. But no, no, it's gibber. It's just complete gibber. And then Vice went on to explain this. Yeah, look, the, the, the 12 lost tribes of Judah business needs, needs some sort of explanation. Yeah. And, and so Vice went on to say the statement mashes up a few different claims. West was referring to the claim, unsupported by historical evidence, that black people are the real Jewish race, ah. which is often used to promote anti-Semitism. Cool. Um, the Southern Poverty Law Centre has a broader explanation of this particular tangled claim, which is often but not always associated with the black Hebrew Israelites, uh, a movement yeah. that originated in the 19th century. Some black Hebrew Israelite sects believe that non-black Jews are imposters or usurpers of true Jewish identity. There's some, there's some oblique uh, anti-Semitism for you there. Sounds really healthy. Good stuff. In another comment about Jews that didn't quite make it to air, West used a strange metaphor when talking about black people judging one another, telling Carlson this. Think about us judging each other on how white we could talk would be like, you know, a Jewish person judging another Jewish person on how good they danced or something. What? I mean, that's probably like a bad example. Yeah. And people are going to get mad at that shit. Yeah. I probably want to edit that out. Good. Well, they did. So They did, thankfully, yes. That's good, yeah. On the floor, chop, 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 edit, edit, cut, cut. So West made another strange comment, which Carlson also didn't air, about his plans to create kinetic energy communities, and that's a quote, built with free energy, which is, of course, a technology, let's just put it nicely, not currently available to human beings. Not yet. The aliens haven't landed yet. Not yet. We don't have the kinetic energy communities Not there. built with free energy just, just yet. We don't have that. Right. I think yet is the key word, though, because I tell you what, Kanye West clearly knows now. something. Yeah, you know? any minute now. Any minute. Uh, look, it, it's probably worth uh, remembering that, that, uh, that Kanye West does have a long history of, of mental illness. Yeah. Uh, in a uh, 2019 interview with David Letterman, uh, he uh, mentioned he talked uh, he talked extensively about his uh, condition. He's been diagnosed with a bipolar condition, mm-hmm. and in its worst moments, he suffers from acute paranoia as, yeah. as a result of it. And and this, when we get to references like um, you know uh, uh, children coming into his home and sexualizing his children, and this is all sort of you know <laughs> it, it explains it. The diagnosis yeah. explains explains it. it a lot. And this is the thing with people like right wingers, especially the freedom movement. Very rarely will you see this on the left, where they will opportunistically exploit someone's mental health issues to push a narrative or to somehow try and solidify their position, having someone say the crazy things out loud and then letting them take the fall when it all turns to shit. It's well, Carson, not Carson basically left. ignored it, you know, and, and, and ignored most of West's self-identification as a person who suffered from mental illness. He closed his segment on the West interview by declaring that the artist is, and I quote, not crazy, according to Dr. Carson, and, quote, worth listening to. That was uh, often mentioned. He also added approvingly that West was getting bolder in what he has to say. Ah, bolder. That is such an interesting word to use. He's coming over to our side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that that is the thing. Like, you know, for all that Tucker Carlson didn't get the footage that he wanted, he did get things that help push his bullshit. I mean, you know, this is the sort of thing that he wants, like West's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, she's a friend of the Clintons, and he was probably fishing to get some things in there that he could then, you know, publish out and, and, you know, like some bombshells. But at the same time, 
well, there was no dirt and no scandal. There was still a story because a giant celebrity came on and basically said a bunch of stuff that Carlson and his audience wanted to hear. So mm-hmm. you've got this edited version, which is marketed heavily by Fox News, opportunistic as fuck. And Carlson has this, you know, like angle of saying these are the provocative thoughts of an unconventional black man being censored by the mainstream speaking truth to power and of course veering further into the political right which people like carlson think is just a natural destination for everyone we just haven't quite got there yet of course this is all just a product of mental illness which let's face it maybe veering to the political right is a sign of mental illness i mean for the most part you see these people turn to right wingers and you're like oh wow you lost your fucking mind didn't you once the edited version made it to the internet and the, the full story, the yeah, once version. the unedited version yeah. made it to the internet mm-hmm. and the full story had been, you know, revealed, Carlson and Fox didn't mention it further. You know, not a word, not a single promo after this big blitz of marketing, all of a sudden, bit of distance from it. Mm-hmm. And what was left on the cutting floor was further evidence of West's mental decline. Let's face it, all the stuff that fell on the floor is just him being insane and the stuff between it was just opportunistic rambling. And... His often virulent, quite virulent, anti-Semitism is dripping in paranoia. Paranoia he's been officially diagnosed with. Yes. But Carlson was happy to ignore all that in the hope of just getting some kind of racist scoop story. It's bullshit. Well, and now we must move to just a short update, just a quick one, on the Trumpster who is facing legal battles on numerous fronts. We all know that, including a subpoena to appear at the House Committee on the Jan 6 insurrection, which oh, he yeah. almost certainly will ignore. Yes. Uh, and that leads uh, that leads to the prospect of him being charged, which I highly doubt will occur. But <laughs> but uh, but yes, he's going to ignore that. And he's got oh, he's got problems coming out the wazoo. Mm. But this is a somewhat different one, and I'm really caught my eye. Yeah, and, and it comes from a, a Washington Post exclusive that um, really sort of tells you exactly uh, the sort of person Trump is and the sort of enterprises he's involved in, you know, and it, it just revealed him as a rough standover man making astonishing demands of his executives. But first, a little context. Listeners might remember that back in 2021, Trump, having been rejected by the people, although he didn't and still doesn't accept the people's clear verdict, promised to launch his own media company. And it was going to be so big, it was considered, you know, it was going to be a challenger to Fox News. I don't know if we remember this, but that's what was going to happen. That's right. And people got very excited about it. And the company vehicle to drive it all, Trump Media and Technology Group, was attracting a lot of investment money. Yeah, makes sense. As usual, pictures of uh, bright, shining new media creations were painted. Now, in the end, all Trump has to show for it is Truth Socials, a short <laughs> message social media platform with an estimated half a million active users. Chicken feed in the social media world. Yep. Twitter has 100 million active Oof. users um, by way of comparison. So, you know, this is this is straight out of the Trump playbook. They create this this sort of this fantasy about what's going to come, this mass media company, social media active and all that sort of stuff. And in the end, all they had was true socials. And we need to go back to those days and the reflections of a whistleblower who once had been on the board of Trump Media and Technology Group, that driving company. Yeah. If you wanted any further insight into the sort of man Trump is, this is it. Will Wilkinson, who uh, gave his story to the Washington Post, was an executive at former President Donald Trump's startup, Trump Media and Technology Group. He was at Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in a coffee shop there with company co-founder Andy Latinsky uh, in October of 2021, when Trump called Latinsky with a question. Would Latinsky give up some of his shares to Trump's wife, Melania? Why, though? Like, why? Well, here we go. Trump Media, the owner of the fledgling social network True Social, had just been boosted by a huge merger agreement and a flood of investment that had made the stake worth millions of dollars. Okay. Trump had already been given 90% of the company's shares in exchange for the use of his name and some minor involvement, leaving everyone else to split the rest. So he just wants the money. He's just like, oh, just give me money. So he's got 90% of this company, right, That's that's been boosted with a flood of investment. And the rest of those who have basically set up the whole idea- Done the work. Have got 10%. They've got 10% between them, including Andy Latinsky and Will Wilkerson. Amazing. And, and uh, so he basically has just stu- stood over him and said, give me some give me some of your shares and, and hand them over to Melania. Oh, my God. And Latinsky tried to brush it off, telling Trump the gift would have meant a huge tax bill he couldn't pay. 
you know, Wilkinson said in an interview, he said, Trump didn't care. He said, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> and when we talk about the tax, because there's been such a uh, such a rise uh, driven by the investment, there's the, yeah. the, the stock price essentially has gone up, or they, yeah. even though it wasn't floated. But but having having a, a piece of that company meant that you might have gone in at the ground floor uh, and, and, and your stake there might have been half a million dollars and now it's 10 to $15 million. Yeah. That comes with it, capital gains tax. It's like that comes 15%. with capital gains tax. And that's what Latinsky yeah. was referring to when he said, you know, the gift would have meant a huge tax bill he couldn't pay. But Trump didn't care about that. No. Uh, he had 90% of the company. And one of those who had a percent or a point here or there to cough up theirs for his wife. Bizarre. And when he didn't get what he wanted, Trump punted Latinsky from the board. What? And, and Latinsky is now a whistleblower. Good. Uh, <laughs> this talking. is what Trump does. He fucking pisses people off and they turn on him. <laughs> and now, and then he, the whistleblower is now uh, providing uh, information to the uh, US Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh-oh. And they're all over it. Uh, and for this reason and a pile of others, uh, <laughs> the, the company, um, uh, True Socials, cannot float on the stock exchange Good. at this time. And, you know, this is just Trump and Atlantic City all over again, you know, big promises, <laughs> no follow-through, and a shambles as a result with Trump leeching every single dollar he can out of it. Yeah, that's textbook Trump stuff. But uh, it is. meanwhile, in local news, you've discovered that a peace movement may not all be that peaceful, hey, Joe? Yeah, look, yeah. Uh, the odd assortment of pro-Putin bedfellows grows and now features a local group dedicated to that most leftist of fixations, stopping war, stop the war, and cue a million peace symbols and upturned index and middle fingers. Peace, everybody. I first came across this last week with thanks to the usual suspects, friends of the podcast, various. Now, posters posted online urge people to gather on the streets and call for peace. Ah. Tune in, turn on, bring your guitar. That's the uh, that's the absolute um, most off-putting thing you'll ever hear when you host a dinner party. Hey, everybody, <laughs> I brought my guitar. Oh, the uh, worst at the beach <laughs> around a fire and you have to sit there and listen to no, that no, fucking no. self-indulgent bullshit? I, I, won't, I won't put up with it. No, no. I, no. I'm just telling them to get the fuck out. Anyway, yeah, just uh, yeah. yeah, one of the posters that I saw reads, March for Australian Neutrality. End the war now. De-escalate nuclear standoff. Now, the fine print assures peace lovers everywhere that the march is not pro-Russian nor pro-Ukraine. No. We are calling on Australians to support a negotiated peace settlement to bring the Ukraine war to an end and avoid nuclear conflict. Sounds like loser words to me. Those are good things to... Those are good things. We don't want nuclear conflict. Who wants that? No. My first thought that it was that it smacked of uh, uh, the UK Stop the War Coalition, an anti-American leftist organisation first founded in the wake of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Yeah. In the UK, Stop the War includes the usual collective of left-wing lunatics, including its original convener, Andrew Murray. Murray is an old pinko who joined Labor to become a special advisor to Jeremy Corbyn, then opposition leader. Oh. Uh, Murray also created the UK's Stalin Society, <laughs> a discussion group that argued the old mass murderer has been unfairly maligned in the history books. Yeah, I got mates who were uh, well, well in that club. Wow. <laughs> Fucking wow. Presumably the chats proceed along the lines of, he may have killed 40 million people, but his housing policies were outstanding. Yeah, you say that like it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they actually think, you know. We might oh, reasonably please. presume that the organisers of the March for Australian Neutrality would be cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Ideological bedfellows of Corbyn and his ilk, but we'd be wrong. Yeah, they're making those yeah. Those who seek to crowd our capital cities with banner-flying anti-war protesters fighting for peace this weekend, by the way, Ooh. are a tearaway group of anti-vaxxers and members of the amorphous freedom movement, including the Aussie Cossack, <laughs> Simeon Boykov. Yep. And in the wake of the invasion of Ukraine, Boykov vomited up the Putinist nonsense that Russia's special military operation was designed yep. to demilitarise and denazify Ukraine on his YouTube channel. It would be over in days. Boykov suggested. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. No. Uh, Boykov's bio, which he has confirmed in interviews various over the years, include an account of his education in Russia. 
Boykov studied at the Stratensky Monastery in Moscow when he was 18. The monastery has close ties with the KGB agency successor, the FSB, and the Foreign Intelligence Service, SVR. Boykov now leads a group known as the Aussie Cossacks. Estimates in their numbers vary, perhaps 150 or 200 so-called Cossacks cosplay in Russian military uniforms. According to a Russian website, Boykov said it said of his time at the monastery, one might say that while I was studying there, I was, well, we must not say recruited, right? Basically, I fell under the influence of right-thinking pro-Russian elements. Mm. They began to fashion a pro-Russian adult from a young Australian. Yeah. Now, Simeon has been quiet until recently, having spent a few months at Her Majesty's pleasure after pleading guilty in June to a to breaching a suppression order, two counts. Uh, on the day of his release from prison, he uh, he sought he appealed against the extent of it. I think he was given ten months, um, <clears throat> but uh, he got out in October, uh, in September, I should say. He attended an anti-vax rally on the very day he got out in Martin Place, Sydney. Of course uh, he Boykoff now fashions himself as a pacifist. (laughs) (laughs) Just Google up Simeon Boykoff. There are photos with him with holding automatic weapons and in uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe his holiday at Long Bay had brought a change of heart. It's possible, Joe. Oh, that's so nice. Well, that seems unlikely, given that a quick view of his YouTube videos features a triumphant clip of a Russian military strike at an electricity station at Lviv in western Ukraine, which Boykov spells in the Russian Lvov. There are reports that uh, the missile strike and three others at power stations around Lviv caused more than 60 civilian casualties. The clip features the hashtag Judgment Day. Yeah, there's nothing fucked about that. (laughs) And one of the Melbourne promoters of the March for Australian Neutrality is Freedom Movement veteran Harrison McLean. We know him. We do. And back in November 2020, McLean threw an online alias in a message group called the Serious Anti-Zionist Chat, expressed support for anti-Semitism, but said his followers, freedom followers, were not ready, this is a quote, not ready for the JQ yet. Mm -hmm. JQ is code for the Jewish question. Yep. He went on to say, We have a lot of very normie people coming in from banners and Facebook groups that are not ready for the JQ yet and may attack us as highly anti-Semitic and stop promoting us altogether to their friends and family. Mm. Yeah, well, it's so funny. It's like oh, we're a bit anti-Semitic. Maybe, maybe the problem is that yeah, people just will see off. that. Just back off. You know, maybe Once we don't get them in, then you hit them with the JQ. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so the salient bad. point and it is one we make on the conditional release program often, is that if people have been drawn into a belief that COVID vaccines, indeed any vaccines, are ticking genetic time bombs designed by the New World Order to bring about global genocide, it's not too much of a stretch that they be further inculcated to the view that the world is run by a cabal of Jewish bankers and that Putin is a victim of Western hegemony. Poor Putin. The cows have fucking masks on. Everybody is up for the high jump. If they deserve it, if they deserve to hang, they will hang. Rise up, Australia. Men of Australia, time to step up and be real men. Protect your kids or go down. Biggest cowards this country has ever seen. Hang that animals. In the wake of the Mission to Melbourne disaster, or M2M, as you should not search on Twitter, because you'll see a lot of dudes sucking each other off, we saw allegations (laughs) of Wally getting a bit handsy. And Wally is the guy that dresses up like, where's Wally? Um, And it looks like he doesn't really change his clothes for days. Maybe he has a few outfits. And he's sticking to it. It's, uh, It's pretty fucking embarrassing. And it looks like poor old where's Wally selling his freedom truck. Oh, it's that feels like a real parachute move. Sounds like he's jumping before he's pushed, to be honest, because, you know, if you start getting accused of being handsy, things like getting, you know, the snot kicked out of you like Michael Gray Griffith happened to you at a, traf- a traffic light. That being yep. said, Michael Gray Griffith started that fight. Let's not forget that. What a fucking well, moron. Well, so it's said. Like he's, like he's any good at fighting. Look at the guy. He's pathetic. He's a fucking guy. He's from the theatre. 
Exactly. You he know, doesn't he's like, know how to fight. He knows how to duel with <laughs> fake swords. Anyway, he's a fucking idiot. Whatever. Personally, I would say the wheels are coming off the movement, but I would be wrong. The reason why is because while we've been saying it feels like the end of the road, and I think you say this as well, you know, that's that's the vibe. There was all, but there was always a question about how they were going to return. You know? Yeah, and like, look, a lot of these guys have nothing left, so they kind of mm. have to stay in it. But realistically, when it comes to this sort of stuff, we have our thoughts, but the professor, which has to be Soz and Sandy, professors too, but Soz said this on Twitter as a matter of whether this was really the last gasping breaths of the death cult. Uh, Soz said, trust me, guys, it's not the end. The movement implodes in Melbourne every six to nine months or so and someone steps into the void. Before Tammy, it was AUM. Before AUM, it was VFM. Before that, it was someone else. They're constantly growing. Well, this is my my comment. They're constantly growing and evolving, maybe all the way to completely mad self-citizenry. I think a lot of them are going down that pathway. Yeah, I think, well, sub-citizenry is going to be one thing. There's going to be all sorts of sort of, you know, offshoots and things. There'll be culture war nonsense and just, blatant right-wing, you know, sort of uh, bigotry and intolerance. Uh, and that that sells and that, you know, that gets bums on seats. But, you know, one of the things that's been interesting about the movement over the last little while is that it's become more and more obvious that they've had this sort of shady electoral backing from the Victorian Liberals and other just sort of fringe wingnut groups like the Australian Christian Lobby down there and stuff. And it's very unique to Victoria. Mm. But, of course, this is all in the run-up to this Victorian election that's happening in November. And... From where I'm standing, I would say people are already pivoting even before the election, which is, you know, this is like the, the Cooker Super Bowl at this point. Fapton Hoodie, he's doing the church circuit, which is sort of doing this natural move from anti-vaxxer show pony to this sort of God religious group. Yeah. But this is what he was doing beforehand anyway. And this is the thing. This is why he made such a big deal about getting caught having a wank because he was a man of God. And then, you know, someone caught him having a wank on the internet. More than one wank. Yes, well, you know, he's a, he is the fat after yeah, all. One but, off the wrist on a fairly regular basis. But it wouldn't be a big deal. Most of them are wankers. It's just a matter no. of this guy being, hey, you know, a judge. being a man of God. You can't you can't have one off the wrist because God says no. Mm-hmm. But like Thanos and Raph, all all these other guys, they're sort of stepping toward this off the grid bullshit. Must say though, El Salazar sort of was doing this a while ago, and I have a feeling this is going to start moving toward this sort of Nightcap Nightmare 2.0. If you don't know Nightcap Nightmare, Nightcap Mountain is a big commune plan in the sort of hinterlands of the Byron Shire, and it didn't go well. No. Worth looking up, but I'm not going to say much because they're very litigious. Otherwise, we would have done an episode on them, but they uh, are very litigious. But there are other people who simply have nothing left to lose. So what what are they going to do for me? The Canberra crew? What the fuck are they going to do? Is Brad (laughs) going to get a job? I mean, there's just no way they can rebuild their lives from here. Their names are employment poison. What have you you been doing in the last 12 months? Um, I've been dressing like Wally and sexually abusing people while claiming to be a part of a freedom movement. Allegedly. 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 Mm. Yes, well. Yeah. But uh, fuck me. So, look. Uh, their brains are cooked and this is their life. Like, you, yeah. you just can't really fix this. Yeah, time will tell. Uh, and the lead up to the Victorian election is going to be intriguing. It is. It's going to be very interesting. So, like, most of the attention I've seen electorally is going to the Morgan Jonas, Catherine Cummings, and this little fucking Freedom Party Victoria they've started. It was finally registered on the 29th September. There was a lot of talk about it not being registered, which is a very Australia one sort of thing. But yeah. Unlike Mr. Let's Hang Everyone, Ricardo Bosi, it doesn't seem like the Victorian Freedom Party is just a front for a psychological operation on idiots. It does actually seem like they're going to try and run and try and possibly get some electoral success. But of course, like any of these minor parties, they're not going to get any. And I say that with the confidence of someone that's also hoping they don't get any because they will be so annoying. Oh, look, I, I mean, if you're looking for a, a quick prediction, I, I just think that the crossbench may well include the odd cooker. Fuck. Because it's going wanna... to be it's gonna be, be pretty big. I, I would think that Dan will have quite strong swings against him in traditional Labor seats. Yeah, okay. And, well, we'll and see. that might go to cookers. That's my guess. Anyway, I, go on. I can't picture them getting any seats, but I can imagine the upper house is going to be interesting. Yeah, they've... sorry. Yeah, I'm talking about upper house, but I think there'll also be a fairly extensive crossbench elected in the lower house in Victoria as well. Mm. So, and that may include one or two cookers. You just don't I need that not, many votes but to I, get up. I can see it happening. I mean, people aren't going to vote for the Liberal Party. That's the problem. You know? Yeah. 
We need well, people to vote liberal. But, it, but, but it's, they're just unelectable trash. Yeah, so they may as well divert their votes to um, to more interesting minor parties. Even more, thing, even more unelectable trash, yeah. Amazing. So the Freedom Party has snagged a few interesting characters along the way with Rebecca Spellman. He, yeah. She was running for the UAP. She's a former Frankston councillor and a big fan of the rope, having previously called for Dan Andrews to be hanged because that's just a normal political position normal. for a candidate now. It's just standard. Yeah. And big salute to the White Rose Society, as per usual, for keeping an yep. eye on her uh, because she's not a good person. Um, she's a genuinely shit human being. But, of course, we aren't here to do some kind of journalistic deep dive on these clowns. We'll leave that to fucking Cam Wilson or The Guardian. Here's the funny part. Just hours after their half ass campaign launch, one of their star candidates got the ass to make way for a slightly bigger star candidate. Wow. And at 7.49 on October 15th, just after a few wines, I guess, Dr. Mark Hobart, sorry, I mean, Mr. Mark Mister, Hobart Mister, tweeted this. Mister. I am no longer standing for the Freedom Party. I was told I was no longer needed as they had a preferred candidate in Damien Richardson. Oh, oh could have been champions. I am a team player and best of luck to Damien. Aww, that's oh, that's so sad. Yeah, handshakes so nice. all around. Yeah. Bit of dignity. That's pathetic. So, I mean, that's a bit harsh. It really does show that if you completely destroy your life by writing dodgy vaccine exemptions for cookers, <laughs> they will still prefer the guy from Neighbours. That is so rough. It's amazing this poor dork actually thought the cookers loved and respected him when they're clearly just using him to be able to say, well, doctors are saying this, and they just slap his name on some half-baked idea they just thought up 10 minutes ago on the toilet. I mean, <laughs> it's, it is just a fucking legitimacy shield, and he was being used from the start. And now it's like, oh, but, oh, yeah, well, I mean, don't be mates with assholes. Sandy even pointed out the fucking saddest follow-up tweet in history. And the next morning at 8.37am when the wines had worn off, he tweets a picture of himself walking in front of a protest march, looking like the hero of the story, with the caption, happier times from last weekend. Aww. And, like, He's there, he's shamelessly wearing a little red poppy, which is completely disrespecting people who actually died at war as it opposed is to, you know, awful. dickheads like Matt Lawson who got shot with a beanbag in their guts after literally asking for it. And he's surrounded by signs saying, let doctors be doctors, which means nothing. Like no. that statement just means nothing. Like you Let's can do- let be a doctor. Let doctors rip off a bit of Medicare. Come on. Yeah, exactly. What's the problem? I mean, look, if I want to just, you know, recreationally take prescription medication, why should it be an issue? It's between yeah. me and my doctor. I'm How? a gatekeeper d- of the system, d- or I d- was. I do feel a little bit sorry for him, though. He has destroyed his life for a movement that clearly has no respect for him whatsoever. He's never the bride. He's never the bridesmaid until this moment. But- he wasn't the bridesmaid for long. He was never the bride. He was never going to be the cool kid for long. As I said, legitimacy shield, absolutely chewed up and spat out. And let's face it, they could have given him a seat to run in so he could just keep the T-shirt and feel included in the whole yeah. thing and, you know, lose gracefully like he was going to anyway. Yeah. But the mean kids that. of the freedom movement didn't even let him have that. No. So brutal. Doctor. Sorry, 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 sorry. Mr. Hobart. Yeah, yeah it's very sad, very sad. But uh, in other cooking news, Dave O'Neill has his hand out again, which is unsurprising in that itself. That is not, yeah, that's not news, Joel. It's, it is standard, but the surprising thing is that it seems to have worked. Yeah. Fundraising wow. seems to have had a bit of a lull recently, but hey, you know, apparently everyone's still got a pineapple to throw in the pile when it comes to lawsuit grifts. It worked really well, had a target of $30,000, and he turned on the bullshit about his bank accounts being frozen, which has been very successful in the past to elicit bullshit sympathy for someone who's being investigated for crime, and just basically appealing to get money from idiots. The usual, you know, it's, it's a baked scone. This one was different, though. Because while Oneggs has been pretty happy to take the money without questions in the past, this one was going to a legal bit trust account, which is the mm. thing that sort of flared me up because everyone's like, oh, Oneggs has put his hand out again. It's like, well, kind of, because it says, at least it says that it's going to trust, which is interesting. So it, it, it's sort of legally obliged to go toward legal fees. Yes, you would think so. Yeah. Bit murky, though. So legal bit is the name of the law practice money Shishine works out of, and He's represented Rebel News in the past. He was the one that turned Monica into a sobsit because she lost a case, which was really funny. She had like, you know, she paid him for legal services and they got a, I think they got a QC as well and they lost. And she was like, oh, 
oh, I think solicitors are scammers. And I'm like, oh, who is that? Oh, Marnie. Oh, yeah, there you go. So Dave's fundraiser was vague as usual with no actual proceedings uh, in place because they almost certainly would fail. Yes. And once the fundraiser got some momentum and cracked the 20K mark, Manny uh, put in a nice little disclaimer that there are no ongoing legal matters for which the funds will be used. 20 Uh grand. (laughs) It's for preliminary counsel so he can understand his rights and obligations. It's fucking meaningless, but it'll cost you, you yeah. know, 20 grand. 20. That's a lot of reading. That is a <laughs> lot of reading. That's a lot of preliminary counsel. It's a lot. It's a really large amount. Yeah, Vexatious Litigant on Twitter has done a great job keeping track of this little fundraiser and putting pressure on the fundraising platform, My Cause, to apply some scrutiny to this bizarre cash grab. It appears that after a few questions were asked, Manny shit himself, probably had the realisation that as a lawyer this could get him in some trouble, and told O'Neill to close the fundraiser and also deleted the comments. Classic free speech move right there. Oh, no, they love free speech. And, and just give uh, just a bit of a quick note, give vexatious litigant a follow on Twitter, folks, if you're not already. Yeah, I mean, do it for yourself, not for them, because, yeah, I mean, good stuff. great follow. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Definitely tickles my law nerd fancy. It's clear from the now-deleted comments, which vexatious litigant took screenshots of, that the people donating assume this is going toward an actual case with actual legal consequences. Mm. That seems really clear. They said in the fundraiser that they aim to set a precedent for all Australians, which is like, it's not ambiguous. But from what I can see, there's literally no way they can do this. So you just shouldn't say that. This, when it comes to like legal promises and legal advice and these sort of things, it's actually kind of well regulated. Well, you know, the regulator is a bit of a sleep at the wheel, but still, you don't want to fuck around with this stuff. So, Oneggs is being investigated for an offence. They think that's unfair, but that's not a legal position. That's a tantrum. Hasn't he actually? Hasn't he actually claimed that that it's all sorted out now? That there'd been a judicial review. Oh, really? <laughs> and. and- and uh, don't quote me on this, the Sandy and Sills will be the better sources, but my understanding was that he claimed everything was all hunky-dory now. There'd been a judicial review, some sort of judicial, possibly even a Royal Commission job. I love it. Uh, and and uh, and everything was hunky-dory and he's, uh, you know, uh, has nothing, nothing further to add or worry about. Amazing. I guess he must be part of the administrative uh, arm of government. Because, yeah, judicial uh, review was the term d- used. I, I recall good, that. And it's just like, words. yeah. None of that actually happened, did it, Dave? No, no, no. It really doesn't doesn't ring true. Be interested to see more details on that because I don't think his legal woes are over, but we'll find out as time goes on because he can't keep things to himself. So if anything does happen, we'll know about it. <laughs> it is very hard to say what will happen with this money because, you know, they've turned off the fundraiser, but now Dave's apparently holding onto the money for two weeks in case people want a refund before yeah. then putting it into trust as promised. Oh, that, no that's, transparency. There's that's just no consumer ethics right there. I'll just hang on to it for a couple of weeks. I just got, you know got it so, in my back pocket. Promise so not to touch it. Do- exactly. And like, <laughs> who's gonna know otherwise? It's just it's just the usual. <laughs> we, we've come to expect this, and it's this just bizarre thing the freedom movement has because. Many of these people in this movement don't even believe that courts have valid jurisdiction. That's right. Yeah. They don't think they're real. No sovereignty. <laughs> but they love giving money to legal fundraisers. It is such yeah. a bizarre thing. Serena Tafar came across an absolute gold mine. She was the first one and uh, she didn't end up getting to keep the money. But this is something that from her onwards has made several lawyers quite a lot of money for doing mm. very little work. You know, Buckley, you know, Matuk. Well, it hasn't ended well for a lot of them. The hundreds of thousands of dollars floating around. Hasn't ended well for a lot of them. No, it hasn't. But Matuk's doing okay from it. That guy's that yeah, guy's slippery. About. Real slippery. So I genuinely thought the era of fundraising was all but over. It seemed like everyone had fundraising fatigue and they'd stop putting pineapples in the bucket. With mm. most of the hands put out, they just seem to be left empty. I've seen a few fundraisers with just no money going to them. But it seems that, of course, that's just the little fish and the influencers can still spin a bullshit story, even one that is done to death, and get tens of thousands of dollars for doing nothing. And, you know, just like Soss said, the movement is not over yet. Not over. But we aren't done with Dave just yet. No. Vaxatious Litigant also dug this one up with a little bit of open source digging on the all rights reserved T-shirt business Onig started with the human th- Thumb Tom Barnett. <laughs> oh, God, I love Tom. While he the is website is charging GST on T-shirts, the boys are not registered for GST. Hmm. Mm. Oh, dear. It seems like what this 
uh, what led this to be uncovered was yet another example of giving away too much trying to sound smart with a terms of use section on the website full of completely unnecessary legal terms from the mind of the human thumb. Doesn't need it. It clearly states that the site is operated by All Rights Reserved Clothing Company, which is not registered for GST. Yeah. Getting it. But not paying it and not, and not, and not doing those uh, quarterly, um, uh, what do you call them, Joe? Baz. Baz statements. Yeah, yeah, come on, Dave. Fill out a Baz statement. That will fry your brain. <laughs> Honestly, it should be a form of torture under the Geneva Convention. But it's difficult to say that this is fraudulent when stupidity is a perfectly good explanation. Like, it's just astonishing how stupid these guys are. Like, the kids are playing grown-ups, listeners, and they're not playing it well. Not at all. But keeping on the theme of Dave, he's really outdone himself recently with a Telegram post that claims the Bali bombing was orchestrated. Yep. Oh, God, this is disgraceful. Not Mm. He didn't say who or why, but Mm. it's just a false flag for just, you know, reasons. Because, you know, claiming things is a false flag, I mean, you know, it gets you engagement. People like to hear it. Fucking pointless. This is his post. Wow. Just saw this on FB. I never understood this bombing in Bali. Seems there's far more to the story here. And this is some sort of quote that doesn't have an end. The biggest smoking gun of the Bali attacks, October 12th, 2002, was the poster put up months prior inviting people to the ultimate explosion party at the Sari Club that night. Still think terrorists planned this event? Why has mainstream media never ever mentioned this? I think the answer is obvious. And it's saying that the photo credit is by a local journalist at the Jakarta Post which is fine. You know, it is a photo of a guy, but Mm. the photo doesn't say what Dave thinks it says. So it finishes up with, please have a, please leave a comment below if you have more on this topic. And the link below leads to a group called Port Arthur Tasmania Exposed. Almost 17,000 members, which is terrifying in itself. And this is a group that perpetuates the pathetic myth that the Port Arthur Massacre was a false flag event designed to take away guns from the greater population. This, well, Hanson's probably a member. She fucking probably is. It's a despicable conspiracy theory. Despec- absolutely just heaps disrespect on the lives that were lost and the countless yes. lives were impacted by the horrible event, making up fucking ridiculous fan fiction stories about a very tragic event. The thing is, Dave is a cunt like that. It's yeah. like there's just no depths he won't go to to get attention and to basically just get high on the fumes of his own bullshit. So the picture itself shows a man holding up a poster, which does indeed show an event named the Ultimate Explosion Party. But it's not at the Sari Club no. on the night of the bombing, as Dave stupidly suggests. It is a two-night party that goes over one of the nights, which was the night of the bombing, which is pretty suspect. But it's at a club called Scandal Discotheque, which is a nightclub about a kilometre away from the Sari Club. Yeah, and of course, if you want to go through the workings, the machinations of Dave O'Neill's mind, he's actually <laughs> asking us to believe that the CIA or whoever it was, Mossad possibly, you know, ASIS, ASIO, they actually decided they were going to make a poster before they blew up a nightclub. Yeah. Um, which turns out not to be the Surrey Club where the explosions actually occurred, but a nightclub. A long about way a, away. About, well, about a kilometre away. But, I mean, like, it's just, yeah. it's really, really silly and it makes no fucking sense. Now, the worst part about this is that the ultimate explosion party was something that I then had to Google and research and I ran down a bit of a rabbit hole. So bear with me here because the ultimate explosion party was the basis for an investigation. The owner of the scandal discotheque on the poster, Andrea Giovanni Sotini from Milan, was detained in Dempsey on basically charges of violating immigration laws because he overstayed his tourist visa by about 500 days but was mm-hmm. also under suspicion of involvement in the bombing due to his connection to a young Saudi man named as Abdullah, I don't know if there's a last name there, who the Indonesian Secret Service has suspected of organising the bombing on the orders of Al-Qaeda. And this was reported in The Guardian in November 2002, not long after the bombing itself, with a journalist investigating the matter claiming that Abdullah and Sultani were seen together a few metres from the site of the massacre after the blast, which is very mm-hmm. fucking sus. Sultani claims he was not being investigated as much as he was a witness who was collaborating with the Indonesian Secret Services, but he also explained the poster in this very strange way. This is a translation by Google, so it sounds like complete gibberish because it's roughly translated, but this is the quote, roughly. It was, I, I, he continued, who told them that at the jungle, 
one of my two clubs, the same evening of the massacre, there was that party called the Ultimate Explosion Party. I hadn't organised it because I had rented the place. On the card was a picture of two men leaping into the air. Most likely, it is the signature of Al-Qaeda. What? Yeah. It's so basically, he rented out his premises to an organization to have a party, which was called the Ultimate Explosion Because Al-Qaeda guys, they love parties. I know. It's so like that. And there's just so much that doesn't make any sense. The <laughs> idea of this being a conspiracy more than just a bizarre coincidence of bad English and just general opportunism, I just can't see it. Yeah. But this is the thing. It doesn't link to the CIA, but to Al-Qaeda. So the guy who rented out the place is more convinced that it's al-qaeda that would have been behind this bizarre conspiratorial poster than the cia but that doesn't fit with the narrative that's being pushed by these port arthur fuckwits and parasites like dave they're not interested in al-qaeda they want it to be the government so they just ignore this they ignore all the details surrounding this poster which they're parading around on facebook with these dumbass fucking captions saying that it was the sorry club when it wasn't so nothing about this leads one to believe that it was a false flag orchestrated by government there's just simply no link and even so a fucking bonehead oneigs he thinking that the, the post was a sorry club it just shows you that you shouldn't be listening to a guy who is fucking semi-literate to get your conspiracy <laughs> theories like this bit of a shortcoming that one i yeah. did this research it took me about half an hour this morning to get to the bottom of this story uh, excellent work by the way joel excellent this- work i did not know the uh, you know the deep the deep stuff uh, on this uh, on this sortini character i didn't know until i punched it into google and then well you know several google translated pages later this is a bizarre follow-up moment it's completely unnecessary but i just had to put it in because i find it like sort of like darkly funny it was reported that sortini who became on to be a painter in Italy and apparently he studied art and he sounds like he's fucking nuts. We'll go on that later. Was arrested the 17th of October, 2012, which is disturbingly close to the 10-year anniversary of the bombings. Phoning in a bomb threat to an airline because his Indonesian wife was denied boarding due to an issue with her boarding pass. Yeah, he's got a problem. Fucking hell. He claims he went into a rage and local police said that he may be charged with terrorism, but I didn't see any further charges upon searching for it, like I said, half an hour, right? He's since died from what sounds like incredibly treatable and avoidable illness, but he just sounds like he's a really troubled guy. Oh, yeah, very much. It's a side note, but who the fuck even threatens to call in a bomb threat, let alone when you've been publicly investigated for involvement in a serious bombing incident a decade and like a week before? Like, Fuck, that's bizarre behaviour. Yeah. Uh, look, we're not suggesting for a moment that this guy is, is in any way responsible for the Bali bombings. But no. We, we've just sort of gone down that rabbit hole of, you know, possibly that um, n- not a false flag, but 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 one of the sort of one of the uh, sort of uh, dubious characters around. You, you can't mention days. this poster and just be like, check out this explosion party. Yeah. Something so is sus is about this. When there's yeah. so many details. And it points if it points anywhere, it's the Al Qaeda, not the New World Order, not yeah. Mossad. Yeah. But that's not what they want to see. So they just cut this from the story. And this is the thing, like, you know, this would be okay if it was just a brain fart of O'Neill's, but of course there's a whole false flag narrative around this. This one document, which is the only one that I've really seen, and it's been copy and pasted onto other websites as well, snippets have at least, from a guy, I'm guessing it's one person because it's got a very consistent writing style, but a guy calling themselves the Freedom Collective. Very Uh cool. Bunch of nonsense about Israeli involvement, CIA orchestrating it. If you look through it, it's just paranoid gibberish. It's got links to the project for a new American century in there. No basis uh-huh. for that. Just putting it in there because why not? It's just a buffet of dumb conspiracy theories with no fucking basis. This document would be a page long if it wasn't for the author throwing in his two cents on almost everything. Like, stop editorializing it. It doesn't make it better. It makes <laughs> it, it worse. Make it more persuasive or convincing. Yeah. And it's just a casual admission that. Honestly, if I'd read this 15 years ago, I'd be like, fuck, maybe it was a false flag. I was a bit cooked back then. I was looking and I'm going, oh, yeah, this is all the stuff I used to read. Oh, that hurts me inside in a very special place. It's complete nonsense. But not only is there a 75-page document of gibberish on the topic, but a, an account on Twitter called Decoding Oz has it all figured out with fucking Gematria and references to Freemasons. Uh. I mean, this is what they're working with. So one of their tweets from October 12th, which is the anniversary of the bombing, states this. Today is the 20-year anniversary of the Bali bombings, where 202 people died, many Australians. It occurred on the anniversary of the founding of the Supreme Council of 33-degree Freemasons in Australia, <laughs> inaugurated Jesus. with 202 what? chapers. It's meant to be chapters. Like, yeah. What? Like, the, not only do I not know whether these just made that up or if it's true or not, but what does that have to do with fucking anything? Now, no. 
There's a Nothing. long Twitter thread. If you want to go and have a look at it, it's really funny, but I wasn't going to do some sort of half an hour deep dive in this moron's brain. But there is all this Gematria shit. It's got to do with like the position of Jupiter and shit like that. This mm. is what you're dealing with here. The ability to make this thing into a false flag has to involve planets and weird ancient mathematics. I mean, that's the evidence of the CR Freemasonry. Right? Yeah, and Freemasons. Why Freemasons? They're just old men in robes playing bridge and being weird. It's just with any of them left. Yeah. It just and this is the thing. Like when it comes down to it, Dave is an absolute fucker for putting pushing this theory, especially on the anniversary, when it is actually Oof. a really sensitive time for people. You know, it's yet another narcissistic ploy to prop up his inflated sense of self-worth because he's the smartest man in the room who knows all the secrets. That's what makes his wife worth living. And it wasn't even the fucking sorry club, you moron. Learn to fucking read. Yeah, it it's it, it's beyond disgraceful what he's promoting here <laughs> on on the 20th anniversary and and we've all followed it in the news and and the victims um uh, and how they're all traumatized to this very day it's just an appalling appalling way to do i mean we, the, the, the indonesians went through a criminal trial and and disturbingly um, uh, um the the architect and um uh, a number of the bombers have been released uh, yeah. from prison uh, which is a disgrace in itself so we sort of know, we know exactly what this was about and it was about islamic extremism and it was a way of hitting the Balinese uh, um, by uh, by killing Westerners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really fucked them up. So, and, look. And, and while an actual journalist has uncovered a link between the proprietor of the nightclub and a Saudi man potentially involved in the bombing, I mean, they don't talk about that. They don't give a shit about the truth. It's too boring. You know, the Al-Qaeda link. They need elaborate stories of CIA and Mossad involvement, the New World Order and all this kind of shit, or, or their adolescent, adolescent brains just switch off. Yeah, they, they're addicted to counter-narratives, and if they don't have one, then they're not interested because because they're just, they have opposition to find disorder and they make no fucking sense. So look, we did a lot on Dave this week. He probably doesn't deserve the attention, but he has been busy and especially offensive and especially effective. Mm. He's been busy being a grifting, lying, greasy, disrespectful parasite. But I mean, look, you know, when you see this sort of stuff, sometimes you just got to call it out. But in the meantime, just get in the bin. Go yeah. like go live in the mountains and stop bothering people. Just get in the bin, off, Dave. Dave. Get in the bin. Just get in the bin. Conjunctive artist. <laughs> get yeah. in the fucking bin. It son. won't help his pig guy, no. Today's condition release program is proudly brought to you by Truth Socials. All the fun of Twitter without any of those damn lefty traitors. <laughs> Listeners, do you grow tired of screaming violent racist epithets Mm, at the walls? mm, mm. Well, True Socials is like doing almost (laughs) the same thing, but better. At any given moment, literally three people could read your angry denunciations of Barack Obama and pass it on to two more people. Before you know it, as many as four people will have read your screed and believed it in the core of their beings. (laughs) Do you want to share cultist conspiracies to save your children from having her, from having their blood drained and passed around by the Clintons and the Pope for ritual sacrifice? Yeah. Well, why not come on down to True Socials where nothing's truthful anymore? And if you post anything really stupid, you could be retruthed by the Ooh. 45th President of the United States, who's out of Adderall, has pissed his pants, and is angry again. <laughs> What better way to say you've made it in the social media world than having an actual president and not one of the assassinated ones give you the thumbs up? It's so easy. Even Donald Trump can do it. Bless. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within... And this week's Which Black Bill Fuckwit Said That has been abbreviated due to the fact that Joel spent his last dollar travelling to North America to listen to that rock and or roll music (laughs) all the kids are talking about. Or was he? Maybe he spent the last few weeks chained to a urine-soaked mattress in a Mexican prison with electrodes attached to his genitals and nipples. Everyone needs a hobby, I say. It's a living, but it's, it's not an honest living, but it's a living. The point is, while he's been away allegedly, and I use the term advisedly, for smuggling piñatas filled with Mexican candy so dripping in sugar that innocent Australian kiddies will end up type 2 diabetics, we have no listener contributions for which black bill fuck we said that. So we Aww. need your help, listeners. You know where to send them. Yes, yes, to the conditional release program at gmail.com and bury the quote because bury you can write it. And I see it because Gmail shows me the first little bit. Then I'll see it and I'll know it. And then I have to pretend that I don't know don't it or quote. I'll have to make a joke about it. I don't, I don't care. Just bury the damn quote. Help us kick this segment in the guts, listeners. And by extension, keep the show going and the dollars rolling in, if for nothing else, than to pay Joel's power bill. 
which must be costing him a fortune. Ooh, zzz. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and we have just one quote today. And if you get it wrong, Joel, you'll be doxxed to the Russian Foreign Ministry, literally the worst people in the world, and your personal data leaked like a run-of-the-mill Optus customer. Oh, mine's in the thing as well. Me too. Fuck. <laughs> I'm not even an Optus customer. Yeah, I was an Optus customer years ago. Give me the yeah. Equifax code, you fucking assholes. Yeah, about 10 years ago for me. I, I bought a phone for my mum. <laughs> anyway. Honestly. Here's the quote. Damn you, Optus. I had my arms chained in an orange jumpsuit like Guantanamo Bay and my legs were chained. Okay. Was it one of the architects of the 9-11 terror attacks, Hirsute Gentleman, an actual prisoner at Guantanamo, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed? Check out the back hair on that dude. (laughs) Or was it fighter for peace, social harmony, harmony, and everyone around the world giving each other big hugs, Simeon Boykoff? Or was it Australia's most wanted man for 11 years, but not wanted in the good way, Russell Mad Dog Cox? Or was it not horny anymore? Are these sloppy joes organic? (laughs) Federal prisoner, Jake the Q, Shaman. And jelly. Well, look, I was going to go with Boykov, but we don't really have orange jumpsuits. But the thing is, is that it's a lie anyway. So it's between is Boykov lying or is the Q Shaman lying? I would say the Q Shaman's lying. It was Boykov. It was Boykov. Fucking knew it. Claiming that he was in an orange jumpsuit. No, you weren't. We went, we used prison greens, you know, in this Fucking liar. Just what a. He might have been shit. given the old. Uh, he might have been given the old. You know, it is. It is something. I, I, it's generally done for forensic terms. It wouldn't have been applicable in his case. But they do give him the old white tank suit. You know. Ah, uh, oh, okay. But, um, but generally speaking, yes, we have the emerald green, emerald green prison kit in this country. Not an orange jumpsuit, unless someone can advise me. <laughs> Otherwise, I just think it's absolutely made it up. Sounds like completely. He may made well up have been legs. He may well have been chained by the legs when he was being escorted from one place to another. Um, but generally speaking, you know, he wasn't in chains all the time he was in prison. I can yeah. pretty much guarantee that that was the case. In fact, he's, he he did complain in his hearing that he was um, uh, that he was had to had to be held in isolation. Yes, yes, mostly because he's an unvaccinated fucking stooge. Possibly, possibly for that reason. I don't know, but uh, that was part of his appeal, part of his beautiful appeal, <laughs> his mm. deep appeal to all humanity. We fired you, we sacked you, we dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal, you're a traitor, and you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you, that's what I'll go with. Listeners, here at the Conditional Release Program, we don't encourage crime. But if you're going to commit one, we strongly recommend that you do it in the ACT, where you're almost certainly going to get bail with no conditions or bugger all. Even if you're a nutty sovsit who fronts up the court, abuses the beak and wanders off back to his van down by the river, with no intention of ever crossing the threshold of the ACT magistrate's court ever again. And just last week, listener Andrew brought this message from the ACT police to our attention. A protester accused of breaking a woman's wrist during the convoy to Canberra has been extradited for a second time to face court in the ACT. The 35-year-old man was arrested at his King's Langley home in Sydney on Wednesday, October the 12th, after an ACT magistrate issued a second warrant for his arrest for not appearing in court when he was required to on October 7th. Second. Second warrant. He's accused of assaulting a woman in her 60s at Epic in February. The woman was working at a venue inside Epic during the anti-vaccination protest at the time and later needed surgery to both her wrists. Both her wrists. Which is Serious a fractures. real shit. Mm. It, just, it means you can't do anything because you, both your hands are fucked. Mm. You can't do anything. Police say the man failed to appear to court in June and July and was extradited to Sydney to face charges of trespassing, failing to comply with an order under the Crimes Act and recklessly inflicting grievous bodily harm. GBH, that's a big charge. Mm. Yeah, it's quite serious. There's possible jail time involved in this. Yes. And on Wednesday, the man was a 
again arrested by police oh, and appeared to the Blacktown local court where ACT policing detectives successfully applied for his extradition. He was returned to the ACT on October 13th. And we believe he has been remanded in custody What's since. the base of that belief? What, their previous record Ooh. of bailing him out twice when he didn't show up? Yeah, well, Fucking I morons. Half, I was happy expecting him to get bail again. Just honestly. So that's two no-shows after bail have been offered and Pinky promises made to return on court dates before giving the court the middle finger. Oh. Uh, listeners with especially acute hearing and solid memories will remember the story going back to the King's Langley man. His name is actually Cameron Mackay, and and this came back when the New South Wales New South Wales Wallopers had to round him up after he had failed to appear at the ACT courts the first time, and a bench warrant was then issued for his arrest. And back then we reported... The atmosphere in the ACT Magistrates Court became heated moments after 34-year-old Cameron Robert Mackay first appeared on Friday, 29th July, starting with how Special Magistrate Margaret Hunter had to repeatedly ask him to confirm his name and eventually had to yell over the top of him (laughs) as he wouldn't stop speaking. You may call me Cameron Robert of the House Mackay, Mr Mackay finally Uh said after... Being yelled out like a child. <laughs> I'm not a person or persons. I'm under duress right now. <laughs> Shut up. Then Special Magistrate Hunter snapped back with, You are not under duress. You are under arrest. You fucking idiot. That, my words. He continued to dispute the name recorded by the courts, including saying, I'm no mister. I'm not a ward of the state, <laughs> which is about to become very untrue. No, you're an idiot, Mr. Mackay, the Special Magistrate told him in uh, no uncertain terms. That is beautiful, and I like that. He was appearing in the courtroom over audiovisual link, and she eventually told court staff to turn him off because he kept talking over the top of her, which is a great way to make friends with the magistrate. Mr. Mackay could be seen continuing to speak into his microphone despite it being turned off, even though the court could not hear what he's saying. It's just that bad audio technology. Lousy audio technology. It's no good. Damn you. It's no good. Such a shame, being censored by the media. Yeah, outside the court, Mackay made speeches to the assembled media and then told them to fuck off. Surely this man would demand his day in court after making a mistake and possibly becoming confused between whether we use the Gregorian calendar or the old Justinian one. Yeah, mm. why not both? Yeah, well, no. And and after two court dates went by with Mackay and No-Show, the New South Wales wallopers had to round him up again. Oh, And this is not a trifling matter. As we said before, the victim suffered quite serious injuries, <laughs> two broken wrists. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. ACT beaks, lift your game. Yeah, yeah, get your shit together. Where will it all end? Uh, is he living in a van down by the river, fat on government cheese in Kings Langley? <laughs> well, no, because there are no rivers in Kings Langley. Aww. And a glance at the photo of Mr Mackay leaving court again shows he's got a bit of the Travis Bickles about him. Yeah. Where's those sort of camo coats, you know? Yeah. You're talking to me? You yeah. talking to me? There's no one else in the room. Must be talking. There's no one else in the room. You must be you talking to me. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So once the court finally gets around to bringing the victim some justice, the Sovsit McCoy might have a holiday. Good. Followed by a long period of living in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river. But that is assuming the court show this bloke his actions have consequences, and that might be expecting a tick too much of the ACT courts. And a quick glance at the scoreboard shows Sovsit's three, the man, zero. Wow. Unusual. A win. A win for the Celsius. Finally. I'm a staunch patriot. I love our country. I love our freedoms. I love that in Australia you can be anything that you want to be. There is nothing and no one stopping you from achieving your hopes your aspirations, and your dreams. It has been a very slow week in Pete Evans. Not huge, not huge, but you already knew that. It's been happening for ages. With a measly post count of 65 this week, he's doing just the bare minimum to justify his shitty Telegram channel. Of course, this is in between spruiking his overpriced retreats and occasionally throwing in his two cents about vaccines, but it's not even funny. I just, Mm. I don't care. Apparently, we're all still going to die. It's really mm. bad. We're blah, blah, fucking blah, blah, blah. Nothing has happened, of course, but Pete just can't wait until we all drop dead <laughs> and he can stand on our corpses and say, finally. I was right. I was, I was right. right. I was told right all you. along. I told you. If you were alive right now, you'd be apologizing to me, but you're all dead. <laughs> fucking idiot. So he looked at Zippy for entertainment, and boy, oh boy, does he bring the goods. I mean, when Zip deleted his Twitter account, it was incredibly upsetting. I was so worried. But it turns out 
He still has his other social media accounts up. I just don't Hooray! think he liked the fact that people on Twitter didn't, you know, suck up to him and say motivational quotes in his uh, in his wake. But uh, on Facebook and Getter, he gets a lot better reception. So he's on there posting like a champion, and here is one of these brilliant brain farts that he did on the absolute nothing social media platform Getter. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. This is an old right-wing trope, by the way. It's meaningless. Where in this constant and never-ending cycle do you think we are today? Weak men, hashtag, or strong men, hashtag. Yeah, yeah, thanks, that one's it. There was zero comments and one like because <laughs> no one's on Getter. You are speaking into the void, Zip. No one cares. Walls. <laughs> no one is interested in what you have to say. No one's there to listen but um, it's great. I mean, look, you know, this is such a meaningless statement, but it just gets him hard, and uh, I like that. What does he think he is? Is he a weak man or a strong man? Mm. Um, I just, yeah, anyway. Look, Senator Babbitt is a man of many unintentional nicknames. My favorite one so far is Senator Grindset, which is one of Celery Sorbet's ones. I really, really like it. He really thinks he's the hardest working man in the room. He does nothing. He's not relevant. No one cares. It's harder than he's ever worked before, Joe. It's so true. He never had any money, which is quite evident based on his very small interest register on the Senate. Anyway, won't mock his assets. That's fine. I don't care if you're poor. Just don't pretend to be rich. This is something he recently posted to his Facebook, which was a picture of himself working in an office with two screens, <laughs> with one open to like an Australian government website. And it's like, oh, look, he's done some work. The, the caption work? reads this. It's so hard. It's This is painful. Focus on your goals because no one else will do it for you. I had a goal to be part of the change that I wanted to see in the world, and every day I wake up and chase down that goal. Yeah, okay. Whatever it is you're doing, make sure to give it your all. Uh The one thing you don't want to experience one day is regret and thinking what you could have done but didn't do. Hashtag Senator Babbitt. (laughs) Hashtag have goals. Hashtag UAP. I love that he made himself into a hashtag. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, the fucking guy Bradbury's his way into the Senate off the back of a $150 million campaign spend. A candidacy and, and, he earned and. by submitting a video to the UAP. It was basically like candidacy by TikTok. He was Clive's second choice behind Monica fucking Smith, who declined the invitation to the Senate, <laughs> though she probably fucking regrets that now. Yeah, it probably does, yeah. And it just proves the old adage. You can take the boy out of real estate, but you can never take real estate out of the boy. But he's just such a cringe sure machine. And while young Deej is playing grown-ups in the Senate trying to make himself feel important, we are going to be watching him over the next while because Pete, bless his heart, is all but dead. He's a craggy-faced husk of a man trying to maintain a grass-fed <laughs> salmon addiction with lazy retreats and an absolute fucking allergy to work. <laughs> That's it, I mean, he's, Pete- not, he's not a hard worker like the zipster. No, he really isn't. See, Pete needs the Sigma grind set to keep his spot at the tail of this show. He didn't fall upon this show. He didn't Bradbury into the tail of this show. He fucking earned it. Mm. But, man, he's been asleep at the wheel. I fucking love Zippy, though. I don't even need to lay commentary on his posts. His words themselves are funny enough. (laughs) And I'm going to say, just like Pete, I have a bit of an aversion to hard work as well. So Zippy is a fucking blessing to me. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your hosts, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, who found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with AK. Set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily, but promoting a podcast is easier said than done. So if you would share this episode or a past episode or something related to the podcast or, I don't know, just like write the conditional release program in marker on a toilet and send us a photo of it, that'd be really funny. Actually, yeah, please do that. That'd be hilarious. That's not incitement, though. That's not a crime anymore. Monica Smith taught us that. Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. We were begging before. We were demanding it, yes. and we still do. Yes. And you can click it through as www.patreon. Not two Ws, that's three. Several Ws. Um, Just Ws all Patreon.com backslash conditional release condition program. program. Just fucking Google it. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this. <laughs> anyway, we love the I'm grift. too old for this shit. <laughs> it's just we're not as good at it as the cookers are. Help us. We're morally conflicted. 
Yeah, you see, I'm not morally conflicted in one shape or form. I'm going to start a build the wall across the Murray River campaign, crowdfund it, rip the cash off, and spend it all on treatments for psoriasis. You know, <laughs> I don't even have psoriasis. I just want the smelling cream. <laughs> Finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that babies are kind of chewy unless you slow cook them. And even then, there's a lot of gristle. You yeah, eating babies is so Ew. overrated. Ew, what is that? Yeah, it's. Is that a foot? Oh, this is Ew. rubbish. Rubbish. Thanks, 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 we'll see ya. See ya. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards. 